0: Hi, welcome to the fourth episode of Biz Leader Season 2. I'm Sarah Chen.
1: And I'm Timo Choi.
0: So kids are back in the schools, the summer holidays are over, and businesses are geared up for next season. It's big time for shopping, branding, and new businesses. That is why September issues are the most important in the year for the fashion industry. September is also big for listed companies across the globe.
1: That's right, Sarah. But you know, when companies talk about earnings, it's always about making profits. So on this episode, we want to take a look at the earnings of the people steering that profit. Well, the higher-up executives, that is.
0: Chinese tech giant Tencent made headlines a few times over this. The founder Pony Pony Mahuateng has a reputation for rewarding its employees well.
1: Tencent is best known for its instant messaging apps. Given the proliferation of QQ and WeChat, and also for their employee-friendly approach to running the business.
0: Indeed. They are said to have a decent payroll, nicer cantings, and welfare packages. They also go all out for things like company anniversaries. The last one was held in a stadium in Shenzhen with a lot of A-class stars invited. Employees also get random bonuses in forms of red packets of no less than 100 Hong Kong dollars through which I pay or shares reward.
1: Well, they can afford it. Tencent's stock price in Hong Kong as of the 5th of September lingers at about 320 Hong Kong dollars a piece. Their interim report, which was released last month, showed a 57% hike in revenue. The profit for its first half is 4.8 billion, that's with a B US dollars. That's a 64% surge from last year and their best growth in 7 years.
0: Yeah, whether a company has made a massive profit or they've just hit rock bottom, executives of public companies still have to put on a smile and brave the media to release their annual reports.
1: Don't worry, they're getting paid more than enough to face the public and the shareholders. Plus, it's their job to ensure people don't lose confidence in the company during poor financial performance.
0: Getting back to earnings season, so this is essentially the time of year when a large number of publicly traded companies release their quarterly interim or annual earnings report. Each earnings season starts one or two weeks after the last month of each quarter. So that's September, December, March, and June. Financial
1: results are usually categorized as income and expenses. Each transaction needs to be justified, and a public company is supposed to disclose its salary expenses, especially the salaries of its executives. These are open for public scrutiny.
0: But there are multiple ways in which top executives get remuneration for their work. And this aren't always disclosed.
1: Exactly. So when a private company goes public, they basically need to open up their books for scrutiny.
0: But if you're an executive of a private company or family business, your compensation is only subjected to the scrutiny of the owners or the board of the company.
1: Well, lucky then. Unless, of course, your family relations is a little messed up
0: or join a public company where executive compensation is a mix of four things. First, the annual base salary. Second, the annual incentive or bonus plan, which is usually tied to short-term performance measures. Third, long-term incentives consisting of restricted stock, stock options, and other long-term performance plans. These are tied to total shareholder return or financial performance. And finally, the benefits plan.
1: According to Apple's 2016 report, Its senior vice president for retail, Angela Arens, received a compensation of 22.9 million US dollars. That's a pretty large amount, but it was surpassed by an unidentified senior executive at Tencent, who got a whopping 39 million US dollars last year.
0: But Apple also provides incentives like stock reward to its senior executives. CEO Tim Cook collected 560,000 shares as his compensation for helping the company's share outperform at least two-thirds of business in the S&P 500 Index over the last three years. That translates to about $89.2 U.S. million.
1: Unsurprisingly, the top five highest-paid US-based CEOs in 2016 are all in digital communications or entertainment. The highest payout was $98 USD and went to Thomas Rutledge of Charter Communications. If you're wondering why they make so much more than the tech guys, it's because CEOs like Mark Zuckerberg and Elon Musk have joined the $1 salary club. This means they get paid just $1 as their salary, and that the real takeaway is from stocks and shares. And that's still enough to put them on the list of the the richest people.
0: According to a Washington Post report back in the 1950s, the ratio between chief executive remuneration and that of a regular worker was 20 To one. Well, today, in Fortune 500 companies, that ratio has blown up to about 200 to one. After that, senior executives are protected by the Golden Parachutes Clause during a hostile takeover, and they will walk away with lucrative benefits if terminated.
1: There have been some updated figures, um, and according to the Economic Policy Institute for 2016, that figure has now risen to 271 times the average worker. That's pretty outrageous, but I think the key here is that CEO growth um, to its current astronomical levels has been a relatively recent phenomenon, and a lot of it is tied to the need to tie executive compensation to performance, and a lot of it has to do with stock options. Executives more often than not are paid in stocks, and when those stocks perform well, guess what? Their pay goes up. So the stock market has been on a recent has been rallying on, in recent months and as such corresponding and so CEO pay rises have increased. Now you combine this with the relative stagnation of worker or or frontline worker wages and you can see why a lot of people are quite upset at this.
0: Well last month UK Prime Minister Theresa May was planning to put workers on boards to improve corporate transparency. This kind of method is actually borrowed from Germany and France, which requires half the seats on supervisory boards to be given to officials of unions or workers' councils. The other side represents shareholders and the chairman often casts a deciding vote on the supervisory board, which makes strategic decisions while a separate board handles day to day management. But if there are going to be employee representatives. They need to be you know, uh, democratically chosen and appointed by a recognized union, right? But I wonder if it's a feasible measure worldwide. Uh,
1: but I think the argument, the heart of the argument here is kind of the inequality, right? Between um, frontline worker and, and the guy who sits in the, the C-suite. Um, following 2008, during the global financial crisis, there were steps to kind of reform CEO pay because what you had was a series of like failing companies, CEOs being pushed up, and but they had what you referred to earlier as the golden parachute so even though they might have done some egregious things they still managed to walk away with some very fat bonuses Mm -hmm. Um, so the dodd frank act uh, attempted to do this Uh, while critics have uh, proposed things such as um, tying corporate taxes to ceo compensation levels however all of these measures have failed and A lot of the legislation that was passed in the wake of the 2008 financial crisis has been pulled back.
0: You know, the governments in the UK, the US, and in China uh, have already recognized that the reform in the area of uh, executive remuneration needs to go further than just improving transparency measures. And reforms, of course, are intended or designed to engage shareholders and empower them to take actions on uh, executive pay. Um, the introduction of composition figures has provided investors and shareholders with a glance of each CEO's composition and how much composition has changed year on year. But from the past experience, that the sole measure of, you know, the uh, disclose of CEO compensation without explanatory without further explanation of the disclosure will create misleading figure so it is critical that investors and shareholders and also workers understand that the single figure reflects only a range of estimates
1: let's let's talk about how CEO pay scales are set like you mentioned before that um, CEOs don't necessarily set their own pay scales which is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but other people within organizations do have a say. And you mentioned frontline workers will have a say in terms of German CEOs. Um, But I mean, that again is another outlier. By far and large, it is the board of directors that that sets a CEO's um, pay rate. And more importantly, a lot of directorships are appointed by CEOs. So you can see there's kind of a conflict of interest here or some back scratching as it were, like we will give you a good package, and you will in turn reappoint me to the board. But I mean, there are some very good reasons, or at least there are some reasons that uh, CEOs or other people who believe that they're adequately compensated, good arguments that they put forward for the reasons for, for this for why.
0: Yes, and also uh, public companies are now hiring compensation consultants to use the increasingly available public data on compensation to advise the boards on how much to pay their executives. But a study by the University of Cambridge shows that um, compensation consultants are helping to ratchet up the pay for the top CEOs. It is seldom the case that a CEO looks at a figure advised by their uh, compensation consultants and say that yes, I should be paid less or say that yes, I should be paid below the average level. Well, let's be honest, compensation at the top level is rarely based on the true marketplace, unless a rival company, you know, tries to steal your chief executive. So it is hard to determine exactly uh, what they should be paid. Most employers seeks to hire people at the lowest possible cost while still paying them enough to do the best job possible and to keep them from living. So it's a delicate balance. Yes. But I think most companies seek to maximize whatever money they vote toward compensation for both CEOs and uh, workers. But there
1: are arguments for why CEOs deserve to get paid as much as they do. The world of business is very interconnected. Um, everybody knows who the superstars is, and there is this superstar effect on CEOs. So there is uh, pressures to to compensate CEOs very well, to do well, and also to attract the right kind of talent and, and branding. And I mean, when you're a CEO, your name is your brand. I mean, Jack Welsh and GM is kind of the Perfect example of like a good CEO turning around an old company, a huge company, and doing very well. And you know, Steve Jobs is also an example of a very charismatic leader who kind of you know strong centralized authority takes the reins, kind of forces the company to fit his vision. But the thing to understand is these people are the outliers; they're not, um, they're not the rule. And I think most CEOs kind of are able to ride on their charismatic coattails as a way to to justify their own pay rises.
0: Okay, let's wrap this episode by a story told by Buffett. This is a story about the time he ran uh, Salomon Brothers. He said at Salomon, everyone was dissatisfied with their pay, and they got enormous amounts. They were disappointed because they look at others, and it drove them crazy. I'm Sarah Chan.
1: And I'm Tim Choi, and you've been listening to Biz Leader.